God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonor Kravota. Hello, Leonor. Hello, Scott. So, uh, yesterday was really the big day. I mean, I'll tell you what: the gloves have come off in America, and we are at war with the government right now. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's going to get interesting. It's going to get interesting in so many ways because I don't believe that these mandates these draconian <laughs> mandates are at all uh, constitutional. It's interesting how Joe Biden used this this OSHA uh, restri- uh, guideline yeah, for would, his executive orders. It would punish businesses with more than 100 employees with a fine of 14000 for each violation of the mandate that these companies require vaccinations or weekly COVID testing for their employees. Not only that, all you people getting on an airplane or uh, maybe getting on a train in violation of the mask rule, not only can you not make an argument for yourself, you'll be fined double. So you'll be paying out the nose double a fine. And not only that, but... You won't really have a say. And you know what's interesting is they're basing this off of a Kentucky study. Um, There's a study related to uh, um, the uh, vaccine spread and the Delta variant. Uh, They don't even know how to test. They don't even know how to test the Delta variant and compare it to uh, another kind of variant, right? They they can't distinguish between the two variants. Uh, They're not distinguishing between somebody who's already um, inoculated by natural means, uh, people that already have the antibody. They're not distinguishing between that. They're not distinguishing between weight and age and and gender. Like I said earlier this week, um, you could be 280 pounds. You know, you could be 52-year-old, 280-pound bodybuilder and... You're going to take the same jab that 
to 12-year-old, you know, daughter uh, who weighs 60 pounds, she'll take the, she'll take the same yeah. vaccine. Yeah. The now, same jab, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if a 12-year-old weighs 60 pounds, but yes, she'll take the, <laughs> she'll uh-huh. take, she'll take the same. I got to tell you, you know, when I was 10, I was wrestling 60 pounds. Well, I guess you're right. And uh, when I was uh, seventh grade, I wrestled 85 pounds. All so right. All right. I well, don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, where. but, but you're bringing up, you're bringing up a couple of good points that I just want to echo. One thing is from the physiological side, I do think we haven't really thought about the impact of giving a vaccination on particularly young women that um, haven't started or just starting to menstruate. There's some there's some prop there could be some potential problems, um, you know, with with the vaccine. And then the other point that you were starting to make is we're using this vaccine um, mandate or the new word, the new buzzword is requirement, because I think they've tested the word mandate and they and people don't like it so much so they're using this to stigma it has the the word man in it man oh i didn't even the proper pronoun i didn't have i didn't even think about that until you (laughs) said that so it's a mandate meaning it's a date with a man all right but i I, but i but i just gotta get away from that but there but i do see something that's been going on for a while with this which is an othering of people and there's a great article over at the american spectator by scott mckay where he talks about the um, you know the speech yesterday and he makes this comment here the chief theme of Biden's COVID speech is that people yet to be vaccinated against the virus are the other and must be punished by being denied access to public places jobs and other a- of other avenues of mainstream American life and Biden actually said to the vaccinated we understand your anger at the unvaccinated and that our patience is wearing for thin for those yet to take the jab and this is the line that really sticks out for me they might as well be jews kulaks tutsis or armenians for the level of invective the president of the united states attacked them with thursday so you know for those of you paying attention the uh, populations that i just read out are people that were the victims of some form of holocaust or genocide so that's how we're you know our current commander in chief or as my friends call him the house plant is recommending (laughs) that we treat people who are not vaccinated call them out, put a yellow star on them, you know, ostracize them without understanding their rationale. Yeah, and not only that, but, uh, well, by the way, before we leave that article, what was the name of the article? Okay, and the name of the article is Joe, Bi- is, uh, Joe Biden is worse than COVID, and uh, so the subhead is some diseases are lethal. This is a guy named Scott McKay. But, uh, the other, the other. The other, the, the other you- part was in that article. Yeah, what did you what do you how do you phrase that? Okay, well, the way I, the way he phrased it to be it, othered or to be well, other is a noun up in or or you know or an adjective depending on how you use right. it. But in more recent years, other has become a verb because people use it as another synonym for bullying. And they'll say, "Well, you are othering somebody. You're treating them as different than you are." Now, I growing up, I never heard the word used that way, but more f- frequently it's become part of our language to use it that way. And I and I think there's some sense to this uh, new word because it's happening all over the place that we are treating people as different from we are as other as uh, you know years ago level, as foreign. It's when, taken intolerance to a new level. And the, the web the web address to spectator is spectator.org. Spec 
dictator.org. Where Leonora writes on occasion. Yeah, you write over there. I think you might even have a profile over there. I have right? a profile, yes. So um, look for Leonora over at spectator.org. My, my pieces are more about literature, but um, yeah. yeah, so. Well, that's interesting. And you know, um, I just read yesterday, and it was uh, an article that really inspired me uh, by Joy Pullman. At The Federalist. Yes, and uh, she's a wonderful writer. And she wrote this article. She says, The top reason I hate masks is they force me to live by lies. Being forced to wear a mask is being forced to communicate that I support treating COVID-19 as if it should take priority over everything else in my life. That's not only false, but it's evil. She says, throughout the last year, I've read a lot of masking arguments, but none that broached my top objection. Mask mandates force me to communicate what I believe are very dangerous lies. Even if masks ultimately do provide some small reduction in coronavirus spread without imposing additional harms, a contentious claim to me that is almost beside the point. The point is the security theater, which assumes that drastic government micromanagement of our lives and indefinite curtailment of our liberties are not only ever not only ever acceptable but in fact the moral thing to do it's virtue so, signaling yeah. it's saying look at me i have a mask on even if i'm not required so to wear says, one i'm not talking about high risk situations like nursing homes and hospitals or the homes of cancer patients where i'm willing to mask and sanitize and so forth for the chance it may indeed protect highly vulnerable people. But I'm talking about in normal life, in public settings, despite what people have been sh- shanghaied into assuming these are low-risk environments and should be treated as such. Far above and beyond any health considerations, masking is a symbol. It is a talisman, a ritual, a communication of premises, premises that I utterly reject. Being forced to wear a mask, to me, is the equivalent of being forced to wear a t-shirt that supports legalized abortion, which I believe is mass murder. That's what she says. And here it says, wearing a mask communicates that I accept the premise that everyone should wear a mask, even if vaccinated, even if processing natural antibodies, even uh, or possessing natural antibodies, even if a child to whom the flu is more dangerous, and if an adult who believes living with risk is part of a human life, part of human life, and that attempting to eliminate risk is more dangerous than accepting it, it communicates that the entire world should look like a hospital, a fearful and sad place where people are desperately sick, even if they don't know it. So, she goes on with this art. I just love the article. Yeah, I, right? I do too. I'm looking at it as and, well. And um, what made me reiterate it, because uh, I talked about it a little bit yesterday, and what made me reiterate it today is because this whole vaccine passport thing and the rejection, like asking corporations, asking corporations to, to show the same kind of intolerance that corporate heads and and non-profit profit chair people have been engaged in for over a decade now which is firing p- 
political dissidents, firing people because of their political beliefs. And we know several people personally that have been fired for their political beliefs and even before Trump. Yeah. But uh, related to Hillary and then Trump. And it's one of these things where you say people are getting fired for this because of their political beliefs. And now the same people that say I would never because I'm a conservative, I would never be so intolerant as to fire somebody for their political beliefs is now having to turn on their own as if you were a Jew, a Jewish person in Nazi Germany hiding. And, you know, like a good movie, good, a good example is that movie by Tarantino and Glorious Bastards, where they open up the scene and Christopher Waltz character, he's a Nazi, goes into the house and he wants cooperation from this French family. Yeah. He's in France. And they're supposed to tell him where he's hiding the Jews. And he doesn't want to tell him. He's putting on a good act. And eventually he's told that he has to tell him that, that the gig is up and that he's been busted. And that's sort of what happened yesterday. What happened yesterday was Biden went out of his way and not only took control of what he could control, which is the federal government, but then he threatened all the Republican governors in their states, ending federalism as we know it, right in its tracks, unconstitutional. We're a republic. We're not just a democracy. We are a republic with power to the states, federalism. And he seems to be trampling all over that in the name of an emergency order or an executive order, in the name of health, that you don't have rights to freedom when it comes to other people's health. That is pure BS. Yeah. And the other part is when you start to talk about this as an emergency, there is no emergency. We've been dealing with COVID for almost two years now. Right. That There is no emergency. More people today than ever before have been vaccinated. To your promise, you said that this would work. It didn't. You're using studies like this Kentucky-based study that counters all the other studies that are broader in scope. We have therapeutics today that ensure that you're going to survive COVID more than ever before. Now, some people may die, but those are people that with real co-morbidities, mo- mo- uh, uh, co What's the word? <laughs> uh, I know the word or the word you're trying to think of, but but these morbidities, are, morbidities, but, <laughs> yeah, but these are, but also, I mean, not to be insensitive, but many of the people who died were in a high risk group, and yes, unfortunately, there some there were some young yeah, people. Those I don't are people that really should take the precautions. Right, no, and and the thing is, again, this goes back to the same argument that people need to make decisions for their own safety, and I think about this all the time. We talk about the flu, okay. Okay, we don't get, you know, mandates that we all have to get flu vaccines, but I know plenty of people who go out and get them of their own, you know, free will. I mean, some of these things are things that people should be able to make decisions for themselves, whether something makes sense to them. And then also to that point, maybe a vaccine is not a fit, a one size fit all situation. Maybe somebody for somebody else, there's some other alternative. I well, don't no, know. But I mean, you know, a 12 year old girl and a 52 year old bodybuilder. Yeah. Uh, uh, male uh, should 
probably, you know, I mean, There's, it's not a black and white, one size fits all. Um, that's not how medical works. And to your point, when you look, when you consider this, um, I don't see when you go through the par- the process of getting a vaccine, other than the person maybe eyeballing you, I don't see any evidence that somebody's physical size, ha- you know, has been taken into context when they give you the well, um, the you shot. You had an example with uh, the colonoscopy. Though. You had it oh, yeah, yeah. You want ago. me to talk about my colonoscopy no, on the air? No, I don't. But really, no, but, but but no. But the point is, is the drink you have to drink. Um, the question is, it's a lot of drink, and is that drink? Just like many other things, things are figured out based on an average weight that they come up with. Is that drink still applicable for a much smaller person? Same logic applies with the vaccine. Is the vaccine that you give to, say, a 180-pound male applicable for, say, a 90-pound woman? I don't know that it is. And then there are also other factors such as, uh, you know, you know, blood issues. Uh, you know, we already talked about menstruation. We talked about other things that these are some of these things are unknowables and and i think people have to understand that somebody who poses a question about a vaccine should not uh, be slapped on the head with a stamp saying you're an anti-vaxxer just because somebody questions something doesn't mean that they're vehemently opposed to it it just means that they want more information and and don't and, and what Biden did yesterday was he um, made the comment. Oh, okay, I heard that people were upset that it wasn't uh, FDA approved. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the point is, and he's saying, "Look, now it's FDA approved. You've got no more excuses." Well, you know what? There is still information that people are trying to understand, and it, you know, and if you want people to in your words, do the right thing, you got to give them the right information. You cannot be telling people you must do this and you, you can't be doing, you know, what he was doing, which is, you know, to use the word we've already used, he is othering people and he is also Scott. He is doing exactly what he said he would not do when he became president. He said he was going to be the unifier. He was going to bring people together with the implication that President Trump had divided people, which anybody who was alive for the previous four years knows that the president did not divide anybody. So the former president. So but when you look at this situation, Biden is defying everything he said he was going to do with this one speech yesterday. He turned his entire inauguration speech on its head. So he comes across as the hypocrite in chief. Absolutely. So uh, Disclosed TV writes, Justin, Biden to sign an executive order today requiring all federal employees to be vaccinated with no option to opt out via testing. And Disclosed TV also writes, update, Biden will also order the vaccine requirement no opt out by testing to be extended to employees of contractors they do, do, that do business with the government. Then, you know, the, uh, if you're an employer that has over 100 employees, you know, as a CEO, you're going to be forced to actually issue, uh, execute a level of intolerance that you may disagree with. Um, you know, just like uh, this person disagrees with the philosophy. You know, I don't disagree with anybody who chooses to get the mask. Yeah. But, I mean, or get the vaccine. But what I would warn them is, is that when you every, to each and every person who gets the vaccine, you're giving leverage to the Democrats so that they can take, you know, because all this is, all this mandate is, 
this push is because people are pressuring Biden. Biden is a mere puppet. Biden can't think of any of these schemes. These schemes are way too complex for someone like Joe Biden to grasp. I think this is an Obama New World Order mission. And I think that Fauci is protected by the CIA and the military Mm -hmm. industrial complex. I think this bioweapon was used. It was, a, it was uh, financed and adopted and coordinated by a guy like Fauci. It was done abroad so as to not bring it close to our shores. It was done by China. I think China uh, played us for fools. And I, I believe that China was always going to benefit from globalism. Because global, globalism controls slave labor markets. China is the slave labor market. So it's all about the global environment having resources at their fingertips. And China is the benefactor. And the reason why I can prove that is when TPP was going down, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, mm-hmm. it was a whole bunch of co- countries And as soon as the United States pulled out, thanks to Donald Trump, China pulled out too, because without the United States as one of its customers for slave labor, like Nike and all these others, they were not going to be participating in that. The Paris Accord would be another. That's the climate change control component. And again, once the United States pulled out, the Paris Accord was nothing. And the reason for that is because we were the ones paying the foot foot in the bill. And the same thing would be true with NATO or anything else. When the United States money pulls out, well, whose money is it really? It's not the United States. It's our middle class. And of course, we've been under target. And it's the middle class that's so productive and makes so much money. Why? Because of capitalism, because of freedom, because of liberty, because of fair justice, because of uh election integrity. All of these things are being tarnished and destroyed by the Democrats who want a new world order, who want um, a globalist world, one world. And we're going to play clips to drive home these points today. And you're going to be quite alarmed by what you're going to hear. So, update. uh, Okay, so it says here, Sicilian Fixer. My daughter was just told yesterday that all employees will be terminated if they don't get the job this week. They are a huge healthcare company. They even had hundreds, hundreds of people coming into the lobby for interviews, intimidation. You know, I, I have a question. So long as, a, why, why are we not mandating U.S. postal workers that got, got an exemption because of their unions? I would imagine teachers' unions could um, if they want it. They control the CDC. And then you have the, um, how about the refugees or the open border immigrants, illegals, aliens? They're not taking the, the, the jab. So, so long as you're allowing this to happen, what's the point? In the name of public health, they're going to lose every court case at the Supreme Court level when it comes time to litigate. 
Charlie Kirk, for one, has 170 employees at Turning Point and has said, we're going to sue. Daily Wire is also he, resisting. You know, one, one silver lining I do see with this on the conservative front, well, a couple of silver linings. There's a number of Republican governors who are saying no to this. Right. And as is Rona McDaniel, who I know you don't like very much, but she's also pushing back. Yes, the RNC is definitely going to be putting out a, a lawsuit. Yeah, she, she did one good thing, She but did one I'm good. not a big fan of And I know Christine Ohm, we're not a big fan either, but she also is pushing back. There's, an, yeah. all, there's a bunch of Republican governors oh, well, that are pushing back. you got Asa Hutchinson, who we've had on the show, who I'm not in a big agreement with on a lot of things. Um, he's suing. Uh, he's going to yeah, be pushing the, back. There's a lot of, you know, but we, our team as a Republican is not united. No, and that's the problem. The de- Democrats have done a better job of being united, and the Republicans are often not all on the same page. The other thing that I'll say is most of the con- most conservative organizations, with the exception of ones like Turning Point or Heritage, et cetera, a lot of them have fewer than 100 employees. So there's many of them that are going to not be right. mandated to do this, which is a good thing. I mean, this is a time where being smaller <laughs> is better. Well, yesterday I, I pulled back, but I truly wanted to tweet this out. I said, thank goodness I own my own business. So and then so thank you. Joe Biden. I'm, I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad you pulled back. Yeah. on the, See, I see but the it, blank. No, no, but my point, though there was it pays to be independent it pays to get uh detached from the government it pays to turn your phone off it pays to not integrate with these systems that are only designed to hurt you right and that also includes the big tech so you you know so you you want to always and again this is going to sound like a, a big Republican talking point or, li, or a libertarian talking point but you you want to be independent from big government and you want to be independent from you know from the technology monopolies that are trying to control everything you do and when they're in concert together forget about it. So more more tweets and then we're going to get to some audio clips that you're going to um, and then we're going to talk about those. Um, George Papadopoulos wrote one. He says, uh, the moment you surrender control of your body in order to participate in society, you are no longer a free citizen. I thought that was one of the more brilliant tweets I read yesterday. Yeah, I agree. I I thought that was great. I'm going to read that one one more time. The moment you surrender control of your body in order to participate in society, you are no longer a free citizen. That's about as perfect of a tweet as you can get. Um, Jack Posobiec, he writes, DeSantis gets it. It's not just the state that wants to take away your rights. Corporate power is the leading threat to individual freedom today. And when they work hand in glove, they form the overstate. Now, I've been how long have I been talking about the Democrats wanting the corporate their corporate partners to do their dirty work for them? and carrying out their unconstitutional vaccine passport mandates, which is basically a precursor to the social credit card system. And it's unconstitutional as all hell, but it is, it is um, a mechanism because the same IT, you know, from an IT background, it's the same database system and the WHO and the United Nations are involved with this system. 
And we're hearing more and more and more about these New World Order people. And this is where we're going to start to get in to some of these New World Order messages that have just been coming out over the last 24 to 48 hours. Let's listen to this woman, uh, the Australian Public Health Chief. We will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the New World Order. Contact tracing is a vaccine GPS passport system. Watch, listen. Exposure sites still will they be put back in place to be listed once we are reopening? Because they're not at the moment. Um, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. And yes, it will be pubs and clubs and other things if we have a positive case there. Our response may be differently, different if we know that people are fully vaccinated. So we're working through a number of those um, issues, but we will have to reflect and learn that. So pubs mm-hmm. and clubs... Now listen to this montage, and then at the end, you're going to have what Trump says about it, okay? Listen to this one. The first two-thirds of this, it's two minutes and 20 seconds. I would say the first almost two minutes is going to be the greatest hits of New World Order clips. And then at the end, uh, Donald Trump weighs in in his UN speech and see the difference. It's very, I think it's very important to listen to this. The rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. We must build on the successes of Desert Storm to give new shape and momentum to this new world order. And after 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. The affirmative task we have now is uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order because the global order is changing again. We have to update the global rules of the road. We have to we have to do it in a way that maximizes benefits for everyone. Nothing less than a new world order. This is the pledge of the world's most powerful leaders, representing 90% of the global economy. A total of $5 trillion by the end of next year, including $1 trillion for the International Monetary Fund. And the president outlined his vision of a new world order in which the U.S. would participate fully. The time has come for the world to move in a new direction. Obama has said the old post-war architecture is crumbling under the weight of new threats. We do need a new architecture for this new world, a just rules-based international order. Greatest threat on this front springs from the distinct illiberal and external actors who equate their success with fracturing the liberal international order. I think we have a chance to fundamentally change the, the societal structure and how the inequities that exist in our, in, in our system once we get through this. Now, we're going to listen to what Donald Trump says to counter what you just heard. That's why America will always choose independence and cooperation over global governance, control, and domination. The United States will not tell you how to live or work 
or worship. We only ask that you honor our sovereignty in return. Bingo. Yeah. See, that doesn't sound like much when you listen to it. It doesn't sound when he's given that speech. But it was a complete uh, change from globalism and the Bushes, the Clintons, the Obamas, Biden, everybody in, in our government was pushing this new world order. Again, the reason why the new world order is so important to these elitists is because they want access to slave labor markets. Why? That's how they get their corporate support. That's how they get the corporate support. The only way you win is if you have the most money. So the corporations, the multinational corporations that see the opportunity are the ones then investing in the politicians that will endorse this one world order. It not only expands, say, PepsiCo or Coca-Cola or Nike or whatever, it expands their market to new countries. They make more money than they ever did before putting small, innovative shops out of business, but it gives them access to slave labor markets because there are too many um, slave laborers in China that will never be able to be developed into scientists or uh, people of a higher skill set. So what are we going to do with these people? How are we going to feed them? They're going to starve to death. So a New World Order globalist might look at the whole thing and say, this is a humanitarian crisis that we're trying to avoid. By uh, making, uh, creating slave labor markets that at least give these people a, a, a shelter in place and food on their table. If you go back and you look at the slaves from the 1860s and when the Emancipation and Proclamation was released and when the Civil War ended, one of the hardest things for black people was actually, because they were not well-read, because they were denied the right to read, because they didn't, they didn't want these people to get smart. Mm -hmm. Just like the, um, the age in Notre Dame, the age of enlightenment, yeah. and the printing press was a big threat to the throne. Um, all of you're, these, ta you're talking about the movie about the hunchback of Notre Dame. Right. And there was this brilliant scene in there yes. where they said the printing press could end our leadership. Because people suddenly will become aware, and when they learn how to read, they're not stupid anymore. Right. And so the same thing was, that, that's what they were trying to do to the black population. So then when it came time that it was no longer um, fashionable for people to have slaves, the slaves were faced with a decision of what to do next. I can't read, I can't write, I have no skill set, um, and where am I going to live? Yeah. How am I going to shelter for my family? Yeah. How am I going to feed my family? And so many of them are forced with the decision, I have nothing to offer except for my labor, yeah. and what, what I already have right now is a, a barn to sleep in or a cabin, and I get fed. And that's what they do with Chinese slave labor markets. Uh, they give them shelter and food mm -hmm. and maybe a stipend. But it works out to be very advantageous. So we just heard two New World Order clips. 
So don't think for one second that this isn't about the New World Order. One was very contemporary in its, in its argument. Now, I say this. I say this. I tweeted this out, and I said, who gets to be in charge of the New World Order seems to be answered by the firing of all political dissidents on various bipartisan military boards, like Kellyanne Conway, H.R. Uh, McMaster, uh-huh. Sean Spicer, you know, you name it, right? Sean Spicer was a, a war veteran. Yeah. And um, I said, who gets to be in charge of this new world order seems to be answered by the firing of all political dissidents on various bipartisan military boards and guided by targeted draconian mandates on face shields, uh, 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 on face shields, vaccine passports, and other segregationist techniques. The people who wrote the Jim Crow segregationist laws in the South were local, state, and government, local, local and state Democrat officials. And all I'm saying is they've always been about segregation. They've always been about separation. They've always been about dividing and conquering. They've always been about divisive politics. They've always been about... Black Lives Matter was all in the wake of Mike Brown, was exploited to divide in St. Louis and elsewhere, black conservatives from black liberals. They made that choice. And then they tried to to divide America by bringing cops into it with unfounded data, but the media picked it up and ran with it. And sure enough, they divided America based on race, thanks to people like Barack Hussein Obama and, and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. And all these very disturbing New World Order people. Mm-hmm. These people that are no different in their chemistry and makeup than someone like Adolf Hitler himself. And that's what we're dealing with. I also wrote this. I said, when it comes to censoring speech, tearing down historic monuments, assaulting, like censoring speech, like what the big tech is doing, censoring speech like what the social credit score system's mm-hmm. uh, going to do. Tearing down historic monuments like Robert E. Lee in Richmond just the other day. Assaulting people based on skin color, like that monkey mask wearing person did against Larry Elder. And let's point out that this is it was a white woman wearing a gorilla mask against a black conservative candidate. Right. And indoctrinating our children, whether it's Common Core yeah. or whether it's critical race theory, with their own beliefs firing and isolating all who disagree like Joe Biden had just rolled out he's going to fire everybody in the government that disagrees with his vaccine mandate tell me that's not a way to cleanse all conservative thinking people or independently thinking people from the government itself my way or the highway the government wasn't liberal enough already and it can never be liberal enough you see this they already had an advantage they don't want that Advantage that they had, they want even more of an advantage. Isolating all who would disagree. That's what they're doing. The Taliban is not alone. The Democrats have done all of this within the past 24 hours. Now, I'll read that again without too much interruption, just so you know where I'm coming from. When it comes to censoring speech, tearing down historical monuments, assaulting people based on skin color, indoctrinating children with their own beliefs, firing and isolating all who disagree. The Taliban is not alone. 
The Democrats have done all of this within the past 24 hours. And I just can't believe we're living in this world, the world that we're living in right now. So let's take another listen to something else. Um, this is actually kind of a pretty cool um, montage here. Let's take a listen to Joe Biden and Democrats were spreading doubt about the vaccine for months last year. He never apologized. Let's take a listen to this hypo- hypo- uh, list of hypocrisy right here. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public Andrew about taking Cuomo. the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes, and it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. And I wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. We cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. I don't trust the president, and I don't trust the FDA. If Donald Trump can't give answers and his administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine, it was new, it was done quickly, but trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe? I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. How confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? How confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. Yes, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. You've got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. Uh, what I'm worried about is that there's some sort of October surprise and that there is a pressure put on the decision makers here to announce the vaccine in October of 2020. We're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe. But if Donald Trump tells us that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Oh, that's that. That's the uh, money line. And she's made all this is about is when it was considered Trump's vaccine. It was something that we really needed to fight against. We really needed to verify. We can't let the federal government tell us what to do. But now a few months later, we're all mandated mandated to do it because somebody else is in the White House. Uh, I you know, that doesn't make much sense to me. No, and they've been lying. So it is an issue of trust, right? Uh, Yeah. So it's, it's an issue of trust. Yet, you know, um, you're supposed to. So they're saying, I don't trust Donald Trump, right? The Democrats. Yeah. So they weren't going to take it when it was Donald Trump pushing it, right? Now, listen to this. Check this out. Listen to this. This is unbelievable. But 
just over the last year, this is what they promised. They promised no vaccine mandate. They lied. Listen to this. So these are the people that didn't trust Trump, but we're supposed to trust them. Now listen to this. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. But there will be. So, so basically, that was Biden saying when he was president-elect. Mm-hmm. So in other words, once again, he campaigned a certain way when he came into and the office. And so did He's, Nancy Pelosi Yeah. about a year ago. It's unconstitutional. We would never do that. But now it's constitutional. And it still isn't constitutional, regardless of who's in the White House. And then um, Rochelle uh, Walensky, the uh, CDC woman, director. There will be no nationwide mandate. She said this. Be no nationwide mandate. I was referring to mandates by private institutions and portions of the federal government. There will be no federal mandate. One that's not the role of the federal government. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. But you would never mandate, at least I do not think you would. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if you mandated it for any element of the general public. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. There will be no nationwide mandate. I was referring to mandates. So we just heard all that. So that's, that's that. Now listen to this one. This 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 video here, this audio, quite interesting. Goes back to the swine flu days, and they're talking about um, people who've taken certain shots. Let's take a listen. This is Mike Wallace doing a sixty minutes interview. That looks like the eighties. Well, actually, swine. No, this was um, uh, dated. Uh, I think in the nineties. All right. Um, but it went back to talking about uh, some of the popular figures that were taking the flu. Turns out they didn't. They were lying. Right. They should use all photos of them. Yeah. Lying. So let's take a look. If swine flu wants to challenge me, I'm ready. Oh, me too, brother. Me too. Get the swine flu shot. Time is running out. Let me read to you from one of your own agencies. Memos planning the campaign to urge Americans to take the shot. The swine flu vaccine has been taken by many important persons, he wrote. Example, President Ford, Henry Kissinger, Elton John, Muhammad Ali, Mary Tyler Moore, Rudolph Nureyev, Walter Cronkite, Ralph Nader, Edward Kennedy, etc., etc. Did you talk to these people beforehand to find out if they planned to take the shot? I did not know. Did anybody? I do not know. Did you get permission to use their names in your campaign? I do not know. Mary, did you take a swine flu shot? No, I did not. Did you give them permission to use your name saying that you had or were going to? Absolutely not. Never did. Did you ask your own doctor about taking the swine flu shot? Yes, and at the time he thought it might be a good idea. Um, but I resisted it because I was leery of having the symptoms that sometimes go with that kind of inoculation. A man with my government because they knew the facts, but they didn't release those facts because they, if they had released them, the people wouldn't have taken them. And they can come out tomorrow and tell me there's going to be an epidemic and they can drop off like flies to me. I will not take another shot that my government tells me to take. Meantime, Judy Roberts and some 4,000 others like her are still waiting for their day in court. So, it's been a long story, you know, it's going on a long time. But it's not not very new, but here's the thing, you know, I don't know why this has to be so political. But nobody's ever tried the overreach like the Biden administration, like what we're seeing right now. 
And, you know, there was a good question. Amy Tarkanian, uh, the daughter, uh, she's a politician, daughter of that great uh, Las Vegas uh, uh, basketball coach, Tarkanian. Um, she said, I've never seen the government push for something so hard as this vaccine ever before. And then the media. So this guy, Chris Hayes from MSNBC, yeah. he writes, it's, it, it, it's so striking how consistently conservative media figures and politicians have marshaled outrage and genuine passion in opposition to COVID measures and basically never do the same about the 650,000 dead Americans and counting. So I don't even believe the numbers, number one, because the numbers were different in red states as they were in blue yes. states. Um, they were, you know, when you see the number of flu, 2019 to 2020, 38 million people had the flu. In 2020 to 2021, 1,800 people had the flu. Yeah. Right. You do the math. That's impossible. Right? Absolutely, they're fudging the numbers. They're counting every single death because hospitals are getting paid off. This is a redistribution of wealth to hijack a government, to mandate uh, control of people. This is a globalist agenda. I said, liar Chris Hayes hides the fact that the Democrat push to 70% vaccinated by hook or by crook activates corporate takeover of an unconstitutional vaccine passport enforcement and the Democrat segregationist passport is a precursor for a globalist New World Order social credit score system. And that credit, score, credit, that credit score system is being designed and developed by none other than the WHO and the United Nations. And then in addition to that, Molly Hemingway writes, Reader points out that official impeachment changes for Trump's phone call was for abuse of power. Yet today, with horrific and undeniable abuse of power against the American people in matter of infinitely more importance than a phone call, official D.C. sits quietly by. So the State Department spokesperson, Ned Price, acknowledges threats from terrorist groups in Afghanistan. The Biden administration promised Afghanistan would not turn into a safe haven for terrorist groups. <laughs> so that's a contradiction of terms. They're run by terrorists, right? And I think that in some way, they're doing this punishment to the American people to hijack that story about Afghanistan. Yes, absolutely. No, that, no, I absolutely think that Afghanistan is such a black eye for um, President Biden that they're trying to get away from talking about Afghanistan because he doesn't want to show up at um, to you know to give a speech or any other reason and have people yelling at him. You left Americans behind because that is just such a horrible, horrible negative. So, so you know, if you don't like the conversation change the conversation that's the old theory so let's just focus on covid let's just fear monger and that's what he's doing so let's 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 listen to a couple of the quotes from uh short quotes from joe biden's bully pulpit today tonight i'm announcing 
that the Transportation Safety Administration, the TSA, will double the fines on travelers that refuse to mask. If you break the rules, be prepared to pay. Today. Wow. Now, he's going to be campaigning out in California with Gavin Newsom on Monday. Mm. That's the kind of stuff that you... you I, I just don't even know where you get off. Of course, where do you get off as a politician? Sleeping in your basement the whole time, right? Where do you get off as a politician? Speaking to the American people like that. You serve us, dude. It's not the other way around. You're spending our money that we earned. And the idea is... The election was rigged. That's how you get this kind of a monstrous situation. The election was rigged. That's why you got a monster right there. Now, he has the nerve to speak to us that way. And you know why? Fearlessness. Just like the arrogance that came out of Hillary Clinton's mouth. She wasn't worried about a thing. The reason why, she already knew the jig was up. She already knew that the fix was in. And these people, with all of this arrogance, you just know that they know they're never going to go to jail. It's only going to be the Republicans that are going to serve time. It's only going to be the Republicans that rally on behalf of uh, Donald Trump against the rigged election that are going to pay the price. Never mind, if you're Antifa and you shoot somebody, you're fine. If you're Black Lives Matter and you want to burn the city to the ground, like ignoramuses that they are, you're okay. It's okay with that. We're going to just, in fact, we're going to get a bail fund and we're going to. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to get a, we're going to get a bail fund and uh, bring, bring, you know, Well, that's the the Minneapolis or a fund that, um, uh, that uh, Kamala Harris financed. Yeah. Yeah. And what was interesting about that was, uh, was, um, (laughs) <laughs> We're at the end of our show, actually. What was interesting about that is that there are now killers getting out and killing people as it relates to that. Do you think that they'll ever hold them accountable? No. And just just so, just so we're at the end of the show, let's yeah. just take a quick moment and just remember September 11th, 20 years ago. <laughs> never forget. Never forget. And uh, yeah, and just so, so you know, Leonora was there. I was there um, a few blocks away, as I've Two said blocks. on the show. Yeah, it was about three blocks away. And as I've said on the show before, this is our opportunity to to honor those who served, those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Absolutely. Never forget. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show today. Uh, sorry we ran out of time. I lost track of time. I didn't have my so much, up. Uh, So much to say. And um, uh, be sure to check out magapack.org buglecall.org and also check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast of the Scott Adams Show and we'll see you next time on the radio Bye Bye Bye